And so these companies start out and they start out running bottom of funnel paid campaigns and they really lean on the paid channel and it gets them growing, it gets them started, it gets them a lot of traction and then they start to hit diminishing returns and they can't figure out why. And what I've found is they're missing the entire back end. Um, they don't have a funnel defined. They don't have a buyer or customer journey defined. They don't have any of their metrics defined. They haven't been tracking anything through the funnel to look at conversion rates in between metrics, to look at funnel velocity, to look at leaks and where things are kind of falling apart. Um, and oftentimes sales and marketing are at odds and it's a little bit of kind of a thunderdome battle, if you will, between sales and marketing and sometimes inside marketing if the company is large enough to have a separate content team from a demand gen team. Welcome to the PPC Show, where we interview the best and brightest in paid marketing. I'm your host, J.D. Prater, Director of Growth Marketing at AdStage. This week, we're joined by Heather Cohen, Founder and Principal Growth Strategist at HDC Digital. Heather is laser focused on revenue growth for her clients, and one way she accomplishes this is with CRMs. If you're in B2B and your PPC campaigns are stuck or having issues scaling performance, then this episode is for you. Stay tuned to hear Heather's advice for unlocking revenue growth through the power of CRMs. Let's get started. Heather, welcome to the PPC show. Thanks so much, JD. It's nice to be here. Yeah, we got to uh, meet up at SMX West for the first time ever. I've uh, been a fan of yours, uh, at least on the, the Twitter, as they say, but uh, you've been around in the community for a while now. So you know, give us a quick update, you know, what you're up to and where are you? Yeah, so um, I have been around for a long time. Um, some folks on PPC chat and I like to joke around, we use the hashtag PPC Moses. I've been around that long, like since before you could advertise on Google. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, I've been all over the place. I did some time agency side, did some time in-house brand side, and recently just went out on my own, started a company called HDC Digital, where we are doing a lot of digital and demand marketing, um, kind of blending my experience and background. And we're focusing on growth. So really helping companies grow bottom line revenue. Um, that's what we're doing. So that's what I'm doing now. Perfect. Well, yours was a uh, can't miss session at SMX West. So I uh, asked if you would come on and kind of rehash it out for all of our listeners that couldn't be there. But uh, for all those listening, it's be ready, get your pen and paper out uh, because it's going to be really great because we're going to be talking about stuff like CRMs. And I'm sure marketers are already like tuning out right now because <laughs> like I do not want in yep. a CRM that is for sales. You know, that's for the business ops side of things. Right. But, um, Let's kind of jump into it. I mean, you really kind of talk about like framing this problem. And so what is this problem that you're seeing as we kind of move into like 2018 and beyond? Sure. Um, so this is something that I started to see when I was agency side dealing with running paid campaigns for clients where we would kind of start to hit diminishing returns. And I couldn't figure out why we couldn't continue to grow. And then when I moved in-house and did some work brand sign with a couple of CRM companies, actually, I realized, oh, it's because on the back end inside of the company, there's a lot more going on than anybody realizes when they're just running the paid channels um, or even the organic channels or the content or any of the individual pieces of marketing. So what I've noticed, and I continue to see it now with my clients, is that there tends to be a problem with anybody who really has um, an offline sales um, 
point. So anybody that has a sales fleet or has to talk to someone in order to get for information to do a demo and to actually go through the sales process. And so these companies start out and they start out running bottom of funnel paid campaigns and they really lean on the paid channel and it gets them growing, it gets them started, it gets them a lot of traction and then they start to hit diminishing returns and they can't figure out why. And what I've found is they're missing the entire back end. Um, they don't have a funnel defined. They don't have a buyer or customer journey defined. They don't have any of their metrics defined. They haven't been tracking anything through the funnel to look at conversion rates in between metrics, to look at funnel velocity, to look at leaks and where things are kind of falling apart. Um, and oftentimes sales and marketing are at odds and it's a little bit of kind of a thunderdome battle, if you will, between sales and marketing and sometimes inside marketing if the company is large enough to have a separate content team from a demand gen team. Um, and so that's really what I've been running into more and more. And so uh, we started to kind of specialize in taking people through funnel taxonomy, getting things set up on the back end, getting things measurable so they can actually see, and then providing alignment between sales and marketing so that they can, you know, work together instead of working against each other. Yeah, so I got a quick kind of like recap is <clears throat> like we're really going to kind of be like focusing on B2B for this, um, for this talk, right? Um, and so with a lot of this information, if, if you have this problem, if you are having trouble scaling your paid campaigns, if you have some data silos and you're having some team alignment, right? I mean, those are the main three things that I kind of yes. picked up from that. And, you know, one thing I really loved about your presentation was like break all those down and let's get started and let's actually like grow some revenue. So if you got those problems, buckle up because we're about to like get into it. Uh, Heather's going to be um, figuring, uh, helping us understand how to like really frame this problem and now get past it. So what do you think? What is the first thing we should start to do? Yeah. So <laughs> what do they say in when you, when you have like an alcoholism issue, you first you have to realize you have a problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's <the main> right. <laughs> um, and what I find is a lot of companies are way far beyond the problem before they realize they have it. Um, oftentimes we end up working with clients who are at a point where they have hit diminishing returns and have stalled in growth for so long that now the board is starting to get grumpy or the investors are starting to get grumpy. And now they're in a panic mode, really trying to get it done. And then they've got a lot of turnover. They're burning out their people because they can't get there. So realizing that you need to plant for the future and continue to progress and build forward before you get there is kind of the biggest thing. So realizing you have that problem. And then once you realize that you have it, it's time to get all the stakeholders in a room and start defining your buyer's journey, your customer journey, and your funnel metrics. Like what is a lead to you? Define what that means. Is a lead just someone that fills out any form? Is it someone that fills out a form that's just a piece of content? Or is it someone that subscribes to the blog post? Or is it, what is it? And then all the way down the bottom. What does it mean when it gets passed off between marketing to sales? What does it mean when they've actually qualified in sales? And then the bottom part of the funnel, the actual sales process itself needs to be mapped out. And then once it gets handed off to customer success or an implementation team, what does that look like? And then beyond that, building the relationship all the way towards advocacy and then back around to create new acquisition on the top of the funnel. So mapping all that out is step one after you've realized you've got this issue. Yeah, so I have a problem. Now we've, we've kind of figured out, at least we've defined it. And so <clears throat> kind of to contrast that, you were saying kind of within your own experience, what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of paid teams running 
and getting maybe a bunch of downloads, which could be, let's say, like a, a white paper download or attending a webinar, you know, kind of the, the common B2B quote unquote leads and then nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, no real follow up. They're not really growing anything. They're just capturing this number. Perfect. Because they're okay. getting squeezed. So like the, the paid teams, the demand gen guys are getting squeezed because sales doesn't have enough leads. But what sales is really saying is we don't have enough people that are ready to talk to us. So what marketing does is they go get more leads, right? They just get more form completions. Sales can't really do anything there. And that just causes sales more pain, costs the company more money, doesn't get to the root of the problem and doesn't produce more revenue. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think this is something that we can uh, jump right into. I think a lot of us kind of understand this too, because we might be measuring in Google Analytics, for example, uh -huh. our, our online activity. And then when sales is over here in this offline activity, maybe Salesforce, maybe HubSpot, right? As a CRMs. And they're not really talking to each other. So there's your data silos. There's your team alignment. And now yes. you're having some trouble scaling. So how do we, like, what is the next step? So we, we framed it. We've, we've figured out all of our uh, definitions for our leads and our MQLs and SQLs. Like what, what now? Sure. So once you've actually got definitions and these definitions need to have everybody in the room to come up with them. Marketing cannot make definitions themselves. Sales cannot make definitions themselves and customer success needs to be involved as well. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to be in the same room because it's one big long demand chain or a revenue architecture across the entire funnel. That's actually a circle if you think about it. Um, so all those guys need to be in the room because they're going to have different perspectives. And at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're aligning everyone around business metrics that ladder up to revenue because sales, marketing, customer success together is team revenue. That's their job. They do it together. So once you've got everything defined and you've got alignment, then you need to select your technology and get all of the things installed into the technology, the technical setup of all of these things, which usually involves things like getting lead scoring put together, getting all your criteria for lead scoring, um, getting your lead routing and lead management put together, um, using automation. So based on lead scoring, when are we going to route things to sales? What kind of things are going to trigger to send it to marketing? And then is there going to be lead recycling? What, what criteria is going to bring something back from sales to marketing and how long is it going to be there? And um, what are all of the lead statuses that are going to trigger these things so that you can report off of once it goes to sales, what's working, what's not working if it's not coming out the end as new units or customers or revenue. So getting all the technical set up is probably the next step. Yeah. And I know that you've helped out quite a few businesses in getting this set up. Like what are some of the like the main issues that you see with this, like let's just like break down like lead scoring as an example. Like what are some of the, the road bumps that you see? Sure. Um, the, one of the biggest things is getting all of the right stakeholders in the room. Um, I went through a Salesforce implementation with a client and Salesforce is wonderful, but you can't use Salesforce if you don't know what you want when you set it up. You have to have an architecture. It's that customizable. And a lot of the things that are out of the box are really just an example of what you can do, not a best practice, not a recommendation. And this poor company that was already in pain because they had gone too long on their old system um, got Salesforce implemented. And then when their sales team started using it, they realized, <laughs> oh gosh, we can't track things all the way through the funnel. We can't use this the way we want to use it. They actually accidentally had set it up exactly like their old system, which was duct taped in the first place. And so they found themselves in a place where they were rebuilding and re-architecting Salesforce on the fly. So really getting all of the right stakeholders in the rooms with 
hire a, an implementation partner if you need to, getting all of that defined and set and like thinking through, okay, what do we need to measure <laughs> when we set this up? What kind of conversations are we going to have? Who are we going to be held accountable to? What metrics are we going to be held accountable to? What people and processes need to be accounted for? How's our sales team going to use this? What's going to disrupt them? What's going to take time out of their call time? Um, all of those things really need to be like diligently thought through. And if they're not, you will pay for it on the other end in terms of wasted time, money, resources. So that's the biggest thing. We will take um, months sometimes defining everything on the back end mm -hmm. to make sure that everything is aligned correctly and we've run through scenarios of, okay, this is the kind of reporting you're going to end up if you set it up this way. Is this right? Before we build it in the system, that way it's done correctly the first time and they're not, you know, struggling operationally and making things worse. It's just, it can cause a lot of additional pain if you're not careful. So that's the biggest thing. And it's scary. <laughs> yeah. I, I see a lot of um, executives that are like wide-eyed and intimidated. I'm like, oh crap, I have to basically stop the business to get this done. No, you don't have to stop the business. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough ball of worms to tackle. Yeah, it's like one of those things too, like even putting in our perspective, right? So we both, you know, running PPC campaigns, coming up through that. Um, and we spend so much time, like even like architecting our own campaigns of right. like, what does the flow look like? When are we going to remarket? What does that message look like? What does that ad look like? What uh, is it on AdWords or is it on RLSA? Is it on Facebook? Is it, you know, wherever it is, yep. we spend all that time and yet only to get that lead. And we don't really think about the app, like what happens yeah. next. And we're not really organizing that and structuring that piece of it. So right. I've got you. Why, that's why it's so important to actually think through the entire life cycle of your customer. So we coach companies through persona development and life cycle marketing um, when we do this definitions of all the metrics and things, because we want to make sure that we're thinking through awareness, not awareness of me and my product, but awareness of what the pain is that we actually serve all the way through to advocacy on the other end, because you will find that there are things that need to be measured in between each of those stages of the buyer or customer life cycle or journey that they weren't even thinking about that would be helpful when we're actually putting the technical pieces together to produce reporting on the other end. And a lot of that happens to be around um, content. So, um, and we'll, we'll get into measuring, you know, channel attribution versus asset attribution. And that usually ends up being a war inside marketing is <laughs> where did they come from? Well, I don't care where they came from. What did they consume? Well, I can't see. And that's, that can be tough. Yeah. It, I mean, it's also, again, like pointing out, I think it's why it's also, it's so important to work with someone, you know, like you who has had to do this several times, several different types of businesses, several different types of CRMs. Right. So uh, again, like we might outsource our PPC and we do that for a reason, right? Because they are experts. And I think this is something like, I'm like hearing it. I was like, man, I would totally outsource this if we could redo it again. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's hard. It's yeah, hard. And, it, and it can hurt. Yeah. I mean, even our own like Salesforce instance, and I'm sure everyone listening would hear this and probably uh, agree. It's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's okay. It's, but it's not perfect. Right. And I wish sure. we would have had a, a better structure in place whenever we were setting it up, but yep. what, you know, tis life. Oh yeah. I, I'm sure I can hear people groaning in agreement. Yes. 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 Because yes. everyone seems to have issues with their CRM and the way things are set up and different CRMs have different limitations, but when you're dealing with Salesforce, it's so customizable it can always be adjusted and optimized on the fly. The people component is what's difficult, retraining sales, retraining mm -hmm. marketing, and then getting all of that data uh, 
correctly put together. Yeah, definitely. So let's, let's talk about like putting it all together. So let's just say, you know, we, we've defined everything. We've, we got our structure set up. So, you know, how do we go about gathering the data and then like measuring them? Sure. So once you've got all of your taxonomy um, defined, everybody's agreed on what we're going to be measuring, what we're going to be held accountable to. And then we've got the technical in place uh, installed. Um, lead scoring is set up, algorithms are tested and running, and the whole database is scored, and you've got lead management and flow and routing all based off of those lead scores. Then you kind of turn it on, gather some data, see how things are going, fix all the bugs, because <laughs> there's always inevitably some things that break when you turn things on. Um, and then you've got that, um, usually sometimes it can take two to four weeks, sometimes six weeks, depending on the culture of the organization, for sales to get the hang of things, to be you know, tagging things with the right statuses, using the right workflows um, for the data to kind of even out. Um, like, because you first turn things on, you got that people interference, right? And so if they're still learning, they kind of make some mistakes, and so things end up in the wrong buckets. So once that's done, then you've got your baseline data, and you can start to define or start to build all of your reports as the, the data is flowing in. Now, I've seen this happen. The biggest mistake is that people wait till they've got the data to figure out how they're going to report on the data. Um, report definitions and architecture need to happen when you're defining all of your taxonomy up front. Mm -hmm. So that's where the whole thinking through what is it that we need to measure, what do we need to report on, how do we want to see it, all that needs to be thought through prior to even building anything. Um, that way when you have the data come through, you've got all your baseline, you can see where things are broken, you can fix them, but then you can just kind of turn on your dashboard reports. And then it's really a matter of is this what we thought we needed or is this like it is something did something change did we find something different that we didn't realize was there when we start to turn it on and look at what we're actually reporting on the insights that are coming out and then you'll find some mistakes like i've seen companies turn on salesforce for the first time brand new implementation and they realize oh shoot we didn't string a unique identifier through the entire funnel so now we can see stuff on the incoming side through marketing, but when it comes down to sales, we can't see it. Or we can see it on the revenue producing side, but we can't measure it, like tie it back to the marketing side. So those things happen. So ironing out and getting your dashboards put together. That's like, it's always a tough one. It's so tricky too, because, um, <clears throat> you know, even like building out our own dashboards for like the marketing team and the sales team using Salesforce, you know, we do this all the time, but you're constantly like wanting to change them because you like want to see something different. That's right. and again, it's, uh, it, it just reminds me of like agency side, you know, when you have those kickoff meetings, it's like, so what are your business, you know, result? Like, yeah. what do you want to see? And it's like all these questions, like we're, we're so accustomed to doing this and yet we're not doing it and then not implementing it. Like I'm hearing you say this and I'm going, yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to reporting and putting together dashboards, because there are usually a handful of folks who need very flexible dashboarding and reporting, this is where tools like Tableau really come in handy, where you would have um, some folks who are practitioners and trained in Tableau. So they have like an instance on their desktop where they can actually build the reports and kind of mess around with the data, accessing the tables directly. And then you've got folks who can just do server-side access, like the execs and those guys where they have predefined reports that really don't change that they can kind of jump in, kind of at a glance reports. So think about these when you're defining your metrics and your reporting, who's going to need what? Um, are some people going to be able to use a Salesforce dashboard and that's fine? Or are some people 
usually the guys that are kind of nitty gritty nuts and bolts in the marketing channels or the sales enablement guys, they might need something like direct access to Tableau so they can build their customized reports on the fly to get even deeper um, insights. Um, because what you want to do is in the definition phase, you want to get everybody aligned to business metrics, but then you want to also account for channel metrics. So the PPC guys have all of their Google Analytics and they have their, their tools and AdWords and Bing and Facebook. And then you've got the social stuff, you've got the organic stuff. Every single marketing channel is going to have their own levers that they pull on day to day. But then sales and marketing and everyone, customer success, need to be aligned across the business metrics, which is where the funnel stuff comes from. And that's where your CRM becomes your kind of um, the heart of the, of the reporting, your one source of truth. What are some common like problems that, that you've seen whenever you, people are trying to set these up? So you, you mentioned like one that I thought was really good, like the unique identifier. Any other ones that you would call out? Uh, the unique identifier is usually the biggest one. The other thing is sometimes lead statuses are not defined correctly. And that comes into play when things are handed off from marketing to sales. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't think through granular enough or sometimes too granular on the lead statuses, that's when um, leads are dispositioned. So when a sales rep is like reaching out and figuring out, is this someone that should be talked to? Is this someone that came through too early? Maybe lead scoring accidentally sent it over. Um, you'll need to have those defined and implemented in a way that they give marketing enough information so they can adjust their channels, but they don't take up so much time from the sales team that the sales is just picking the first one in the pick list and moving on and they're not ending up in the right bucket. Um, so oftentimes when we go through definition um, engagements to get everything mapped out, we find that marketing wants so, so granular. They want to know like, the favorite color of these people and that's why they didn't close. Um, but sales is like, man, I only have so much time to get this person like figured out on the phone and I got to jam through all of my quota, make my calls, make my talk time. Um, and so figuring that out at first is a big, big deal because I've seen sales teams get overloaded, screw up the data because there's too many options. And I've seen uh, marketing be locked out and they're totally blind because there's too few options and the buckets are too broad. Uh, so lead status or disposition tends to be a big one. Um, and then everybody seems to get like stuck in the lead recycling conversation. Like when should we send someone back through to marketing and does that change like the um, metric? So if someone gets all the way down to sales and maybe they're an opportunity, but then they don't close for some reason and we want to send them back through to nurture over to marketing, do they stay in op? Do they move up the funnel? Do they, what do they do? How do we define this and where does it go? And then how do we keep that reporting separately so that those are not kind of uh, mucking up their reporting? So you want total opportunities in the pipeline, but if there's some in there that haven't closed and their dispositions and their nurture, how do we account for those and how do we get them out of the reporting so they're not active pipeline? Gotcha. So <clears throat> let's just say we went through all this stuff, right? We defined it, we set it up, we're measuring, we're reporting. And we're, we go back to this beginning question of framing the problem. We talk about, uh, you know, scaling our paid campaigns. Sure. So, so how do we take this information now and use it to now scale campaigns? Yeah. So one of the biggest um, things, and actually the bulk of my presentation at SMX was about campaign tracking. Um, inside the CRM, there's something called campaign tracking and most people don't even realize it's there. And once you set it up to measure what's coming through the entire funnel and all the channels that are involved, all of the content assets that are involved, everything that's rolled up in a single campaign that's producing revenue, then you start to kind of unlock what's happening post lead acquisition. So after the form completion, 
not just how many of them went to sales and moved to the next level of the funnel, but how many went to sales and moved to the next funnel and came from paid versus organic and consumed these two eBooks and this one blog post. So you start to get more granular information. Once you've got campaign tracking set up and you've got your lead source tracking set up inside Salesforce correctly so that you've got granular enough, but not too granular, um, then you've got all of the pieces to then make optimizations on the top end in the channel from that backend data. So we might realize or find out that a lot of our revenue is actually coming from trade shows. And so that might inform the paid marketing team, oh, I didn't realize that our enterprise business line, that's all the revenue is coming from trade shows. Maybe we're going to carve out some of our paid media budget to drive foot traffic to those booths instead of just driving to demo because that particular persona, it, they need more, they need to build more trust in person. And so those trade shows are making a big difference. So it's really about gathering that information on the back end and then recycling it back through to your PPC vendor or team to start implementing that does change or inform the strategy. Nice. I, I like that one. Um, another question that I had too is, so a lot of marketing teams are, I think I, I'll say still held to lead. Right. Um, yes. And I, I see this changing like left and right for years now, really with kind of this new ABM kind of model specifically for B2B that we're talking about. But how do you, how do you get marketing teams to like really start thinking around revenue or yeah. lower like pipeline contribution at least, you know? Sure. Yeah, this is a hard one, um, especially when it comes to folks who are in more of the traditionally top of funnel channels, um, folks in social media, especially organic social um, content, even sometimes the SEO guys that are dealing with how do I get traffic and content ranked? Um, how does that even contribute to revenue? Um, in my experience, the visibility is really what helps them understand. Once you get everybody aligned to the business metrics and then roll out, okay, this is the business metric. We're looking at marketing qualified leads. That's a number of leads that have been vetted by marketing that are ready to go to sales to see if they can be developed into a qualified lead that sales can really work with. So if that's what we're looking at and we're driving there, then that kind of aligns everybody to a point where marketing doesn't feel like they're responsible for revenue 100% because there's so much out of their control when they pass it off, but they feel comfortable in getting into the funnel instead of at the very, very top where they're just talking about subscribers or leads. They're getting into a place where, okay, these are qualified. We can hand these off. We can confidently say that we think these guys are educated and warm enough that you guys can have a conversation. Being able to measure that and define that and then get the two teams to agree Okay, sales, yes, that definition of an MQL suits our fancy. That's what we're going to accept. We can deal with that. And marketing says, yeah, okay, we can produce X number of those types of leads for you on a regular basis, given the toolkit and the budget that we have. Then everybody gets aligned. Then on the marketing side, you have to roll up their daily KPIs that they're using in their individual channels and show them how they roll up to those business metrics. So if revenue plan breaks down to X number of MQLs each month, then PPC needs to know that that breaks down to X number of leads because we know, now know the conversion rate between lead and MQL. And so once you finally unlock all of that data on the back end, people can see the trail. They can see straight through between how my channel and my work directly contributes to revenue. And that's where people seem to get really excited and really empowered. And you start to have different fights between sales and marketing and they're better, more progressive fights. And I think a little bit of friction always moves the business forward. And the 
the, the change, it's amazing to watch this happen, to be like pointing fingers at each other. And now they're like analyzing the data together. And you'll see marketing people go over to the sales floor and sit with some reps that they've made friends with and say, okay, so I see all of these guys are sitting in this lead disposition of um, non-responsive. So why? Why are they not answering the phone? Is it the season? Like, what are we, what, why do we think they're not answering the phone? Such a more productive conversation between sales and marketing. And that actually starts to move things forward. And you find little pockets of opportunity that you can optimize to. And it really opens up just new opportunity. It's awesome. Yeah, 100% agree with that. We've made a, a huge shift probably the last like nine months. You know, we have a, our team now is marketing. We have our Slack channel where we're talking <laughs> yeah. to each other. And like, we're really having much more informed and engaged conversations now. Like, uh, you know, even before this call, I was, you know, meeting with our sales guys. I was like, Hey guys, like what if we marketing automated this with like a video message you know, showing yeah. people how to do this and do that? You think that'll work? And they're like, yes, yes. Touchdown. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have to do it. It's automated. It's coming from you. So it's not from us. You're going to do the work and you're going to use video. They're like, yes, thumbs up. You can do that. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll take care of it. And that's, that's a much awesome. better conversation. <laughs> that's so awesome that you guys are doing that because that's where you evolve to once you've got all this back end stuff put together is now you're brainstorming strategies together instead of siloed. And now you're starting to work in a place that's more holistic and that's wonderful. Yeah, I think um, I, I, it couldn't have been done until like what you said, like it really has to come around deeper funnel metrics. And I don't think you're going to get there if you're still looking at leads and still only, you know, only like looking at that number, yep. you really have to come down to where sales is, meet them halfway, whatever that's contribution about, whatever it is, right? Yes. I, I would still say get all of your tracking in place so you do know what's working. So you can say, you know what, maybe I do need to shift paid, paid budget. You need to be yeah. like big enough to say, I'm willing to give up budget, shift it over here to events because it's going to drive more revenue. That's right. Team revenue. Everybody's about driving more revenue. And you'll find if you do that, the more revenue you produce, the more customers you produce, and at least in a SaaS or a B2B or anything that is customer service focused in terms of product, those customers are then going to be your biggest driver of acquisition later on mm -hmm. down the road as you continue to scale and grow. Like, what is it? Like 80% of your revenue should be coming from your installed base versus 20% new acquisitions. And so you're really building for the future. But if everybody's on that same page, it just is such a more harmonious and frankly cool place to work. Like you get to do all these cool, advanced, awesome things that you couldn't do before because you weren't enabled because you didn't have the data. And you're probably enabling your sales guys, walking them through. So this kind of lead that's marked with this came through this channel and they saw this and they read that and they're like, oh, cool. Now I know what kind of talk track to apply to this conversation when I get on the phone with these guys. It's a much more productive conversation for the customer. Um, and then that leads to revenue because all of this is omni and it's all based around customer experience when it really comes down to it. Yeah. And I mean, another way that I also like think through it is it's just like, it's a much bigger team now, right? So it's yes. no longer just marketing. It's like, I get the sales team. So it's like, look, our team just like doubled, tripled in size. And now look how big and how more powerful we can be. And so uh, if, you're, if you guys are still not, <laughs> you know, you're still not there. I mean, I, I would really encourage you for 2018 and really uh, to get out of this stuck or maybe you're really looking to scale. Um, you know, take a look, listen to this podcast, obviously. Uh, it's actually funny. Like this is actually going to be pretty close to what my, uh, topic is for hero comp coming up in a oh, couple awesome. of weeks is uh it's going to be increasing ppc campaign uh effectiveness 
through pipeline contribution, you know, so it's really awesome. measuring the deeper funnel metrics to really improve what you're currently doing. So, yeah. so uh, you, you teed it up perfectly. I didn't even, you know, I didn't see it going there, but I'm really, <laughs> I'm glad that it did. But you know, anything else, like what else are we missing here? Like what else, you know, um, um, pitfalls? Uh, there's one more thing. Sometimes people in this whole denial thing, right? Like you got to realize you have a problem in order to fix it. Um, sometimes I'll run into companies that are measuring leads at the very top and they're measuring customers at the very bottom and they've got a conversion rate of lead to customer and they think they're fine. Um, and what they don't realize is that there are so many additional levels and conversion rates in between those two things that they're missing out on and there's a ton of opportunity that's likely being left on the table because they can't see those things. Um, so that can also be an impediment to folks kind of progressing forward and getting this stuff built. Um, and that's where usually if they're in that kind of mindset, I'm like, okay, well in a year, <laughs> here's my card. Let me know if you get stuck. Um, because that's usually what happens. So if you're, if you're kind of in that mindset where we're measuring the top and we're measuring the bottom, we've got a conversion rate and we're just rolling, be mindful. You might be coming up on some, some issues pretty quickly. So for those listening who might be stuck and are interested in getting a hold of you, like what's the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. So um, I'm available all over the internet. Um, Heather Cohen. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm all over the place. You can always email hello at hdcdigital.com. And then, you know, we're doing some blog posts and we're doing some podcasts and videos and all kinds of stuff trying to help out in terms of providing education and awareness around this stuff. Because as long as this has been going on, it's just not something that everybody's aware of. Um, so yeah, so I'm all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, Cohen too, C-O-O-A-N. Yes. Yeah. Jewish pronunciation, but too many vowels. It trips people up. <laughs> O-O-A-N. Yeah. So Cohen brothers, but C-O-O-A-N. Yeah. Yep, uh, I like right. it. Um, any other uh, conferences you got coming up? Um, I'm going to be at SLC SEM's digital mm. conference in August, nice. uh, where I will be speaking about how to bust through the ceilings of PPC using marketing automation. So I'll actually be talking about how to put together nurture sequences um, and apply treatments to leads after they've been captured from content, because that seems to be the black box that you mentioned earlier. Marketers are getting all of these leads and they're killing it, right? But sales can't do anything with these leads because they're not ready. So how do we bridge that gap? So that's probably the next one. Um, I think that's it. I've got scheduled right now. All right. And to kind of like, you know, wrap it up and kind of finish, you know, what, what advice would you give marketers starting to venture into CRM world? Sure. Um, the best place I learned a lot of this stuff is I went and I hung out with all of the systems and ops people. So marketing operation guys, sales enablement guys, they're my people. They're my friends. Um, so if you're a marketer, it would really behoove you to understand a little bit about how these technologies work and about the limitations of these technologies. So go sit with your MOPS folks and your sales enablement folks and learn a little bit of the tech, geek out with them and just kind of learn about what they do and what they struggle with. They're in the heart of the kind of <laughs> um, ricochet between sales and marketing. And they usually have a really good insight in terms of what's going on and where the blind spots are. And they actually usually have really surprising ideas about strategies that you never would have thought about. So they're really, really great resource. That's where I would start learning if you have access to those guys. Um, other really great resources, uh, demandgen.com has a really good blog. Serious Decisions has a really good blog. Um, those are probably the two 
best. And then the MarTech conference is really great if you want to get into a lot of B2B and CRM and marketing automation and all of these tech stacks and things. Perfect. Well, fantastic resources. And if you're going to be at MarTech, let me know. We'll be there. We're going to be standing in a booth. So please come by, hang out with me because I don't want to just stand there by myself. So uh, come by, say hello. I really appreciate it. So Heather, thank you so much for coming on. You know, talking to us about how to get unstuck, you know, really kind of getting into that backend data. Uh, really appreciate all your knowledge, skills. Welcome back from the, yeah. in, from the, from the community to, to you. <laughs> we really appreciate uh, you coming back in. So that's all I've got. Anything else? I don't think so. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for uh, listening to the, the PPC show. That kind of wraps up this episode. We'll see you guys next week.